for White Spot Giants this week. Back come the Giants across the line. Kosh, left wing, looks, waves, finds a man. Benson scores! In he comes! Stop by David Tendick! He kept it out! Oh, mercy, what a save by Tendick! Up the middle comes Byram, right side, running at the circle, scores! Here's your host, Dan O'Connor. Good evening and welcome to White Spot Giants This Week, the home of Vancouver hockey, the home of the Giants. This is Sportsnet 650. And over the course of the next hour, I am excited to bring you some insight into the Vancouver Giants as they get ready to take on the Victoria Royals twice more. We're going to hear from forward Zach Ostopchuk. We're also going to hear from goaltender Jesper Weichmann a little later on in the show. But before we do that, um, it is a true honor to introduce my first guest for this show. Les Lazaruk should, if it's not, should be a household name for the work that he has done historically in the Western Hockey League. Les Lazaruk, about three weeks or so ago, arrived at a wonderful broadcasting milestone in the Western Hockey League when he called his 2,000th career hockey game in the WHL. It is a career that has been, um, you know, certainly well documented in recent weeks. And to kick off White Spot Giants this week, I felt it would be incumbent to bring Les onto the show, not only for him to share some of his wisdom and some of his stories with us, but also um, as a chance for me to say thank you to a man who I think back to about the year 2008, 2009, when I was living in the prairies, living out in Saskatchewan, trying like heck to network my way into the WHL, trying whatever I could do to get, you know, ears to listen to about five minutes of a demo and you know got a chance to cover the world juniors where i'm pretty sure a 22 year old dan o'connor was seated right beside les lazarek peppering him with question after question after question just trying like heck to brace uh, to to bust into the whl and here we are now about 15 years later and i can proudly call les lazarek a colleague and a friend. Mr. 2000 Plus joins me now to kick off the show. Les, thank you for your time and congratulations on a terrific milestone, my friend. Yeah, thank you, Dan. It's uh, it's wonderful to get that kind of an introduction. I, I feel like I should give you some money. Uh, why are you something uh, down the line for that? Because uh, you said a lot of nice things that some people would go, really, seriously? But that's that's nice. Uh, it, it's nice to be thought of that way, and it's nice to have young colleagues such as yourself uh, being able to uh, to you know to reach out and say, hey, thanks and, and good job, et cetera, et cetera. Because you never know. We're, we're probably the, the least of people that find out whether we're doing a good job or not. Usually here when you're not doing a good job. I've heard that a lot over the course of my career, but uh, it, it's nice to hear from people when they say, thanks for doing a good job. So uh, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And uh, as far as helping you out, I don't know how much help you really needed. Uh, I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of the young broadcasters have, have got, reached out to me, and, and I'm more than happy to do that. To me, uh, you got to give something back to the business. And uh, But you, Dan, you really didn't need a lot of help and a lot of encouragement. You were on the way before 
uh, I, I first laid eyes on you and we, we first started talking. So uh, good job on you. I mean, the Vancouver Giants organization is very uh, fortunate to have a, a young man like you working in their organization doing broadcasting and communications. I'm just going to go brag to people that you called me young. Um, so so I want to talk well, a little... compared li- to me, <laughs> hey, compared to me, I just turned 63 everybody's young. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Les, I mean, tell me a little bit about the past three weeks or so in your life. I mean, watching the video tributes and seeing, you know, what the Saskatoon Blades have done and what the Regina Pats did as far as celebrating this achievement for you. I mean, it's, 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 like, of course, I'm sure it's been an enjoyable sort of trip down memory lane for you as you try to put 2,000 games into a bit of a vacuum and a bit of a, you know, sort of a pipeline to sort of think back on. But, I mean, wh- what has caught you most by surprise in the last few weeks? Is there someone that sort of came out of the woodwork that, that you thought, oh, boy, wasn't expecting that? Or, I mean, just give us a sense of sort of what the the celebration has sort of been like with this milestone is no doubt it's still probably a popular topic of conversation when you go to Brandon when you go to Lethbridge when you go to some of these different places I can only imagine that you're still being sort of bombarded with with congratulations even after the fact yeah (laughs) we made fun over the course of the pandemic watching uh, shows like the the bachelorette or the bachelor and everybody seems to talk about how it's always a lot it's a lot well, it's been a lot uh, in the last three weeks, to be sure. That uh, it's uh, the numbers of people that have reached out uh, has been humbling. It's been overwhelming. It's been great. Um, it's been fun. Uh, so there, you know, the, all the various adjectives you can think of when you have this sort of a thing happen, and people reach out, and you hear from people that you haven't heard from in a long time. Uh, the video tribute was was phenomenal and Dan you were a part of that and thank you so much for your contribution uh, the people that were all part of that tribute were, were just tremendous to see Bob Ridley's face on there uh, when you consider what the Medicine Hat Tiger is longtime broadcaster who's been sidelined because of cancer and is in recovery mode and I can't wait to see him when we finally get back to Medicine Hat in April uh, to see a Blades Tigers game, uh, I can't wait to see him. But it was great to see him on that video tribute. Uh, to get, then get other notes from people that I've, you know, been in contact with in the league over the time of my uh, career, it, it was tremendous. So I, it's it's hard to put into words just how exactly I'm supposed to feel about it. But it has been really, really touching and overwhelming and and humbling. Uh, I think are the three best ones I can come up with. So. I mean, one thing that I think broadcasters will will quickly realize when they get to any level of hockey doing broadcasting, but especially at the WHL, is um, the emotions that go into every win and every loss. And when you are closely associated with a team the way that you have been over your career, the, the way that I have, you know, in Prince George and now in Vancouver... Um, it takes a certain adaptability and it takes a certain understanding of sometimes it's your turn to talk and sometimes it's your turn to just blend into the bus seat and say absolutely 
nothing. Um, was there sort of a lesson maybe early in your tenure in the WHL less where you experienced it and it was like, ooh, okay, lesson learned. This is going to be something that, hey, 25 years later, I'm going to remember this learning lesson from a coach or from a GM or, heck, even from a player or a parent, something that sort of stuck with you early? I think a lot of my lessons, Dan, were learned in the years prior to coming to Saskatoon because I was 35 already when I started in with the Blades. I had worked the previous 10 and a half years at CJOB Radio in Winnipeg, and I worked for the great Bob Irving, who just now has retired as the longtime voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We were a tandem doing sports on that radio station, and I learned innumerable lessons from that man with regards to how to act, when to say, when to be heard, when to not be heard, when to blend into the woodwork, so to speak. So when I got to Saskatoon, it, was, it wasn't a, a big transition for me to be able to figure it out. Okay, I knew I'm from the bigger city, and I've come from having done some games in the NHL, but boy, I'm not going to try and make myself out to be more than I am. I think it's time to just absorb as much as I possibly can and then when I am asked if I have an opinion in that setting, then I will speak. But otherwise, I'm going to keep to myself and just let things happen around me. And I think that has served me very well over the course of 28 seasons being around the Western Hockey League. Les Lazarek is my guest here on White Spot Giants this week. As we do our very best on this show to encapsulate 2,000-plus WHL broadcasts. Um, so, Les, not only have you been in the WHL now for 28 seasons, but you've had the good fortune of doing so um, with one of the most lineaged, proud, proudest organizations in the entire league in the Saskatoon Blades. And you think about the players that have passed through that organization and the the personalities and, and just the history associated with that. I know that's not lost on you. Um, I don't want to ask you who your favorite all-time player is, but maybe give me like uh, a dinner table of like four or five players that come to mind that maybe it was their on-ice play, maybe it was their interview skills, maybe it was just something about them that sort of sticks out to you and has sort of withstood the test of time. Maybe like... Maybe it's a goalie, two defensemen, and three forwards of, of players that you've dealt with over the years or watched within the Blades that you think, okay, that's that's on my all that's on my all appetizer team or or <laughs> maybe a post game voyage out the stories that we could share. Okay. Starting goal, we'll go with Braden Holtby. Uh Braden Holtby came to be the next great goaltender of the Saskatoon Blades and eventually became a National Hockey League star and a Stanley Cup champion. One night at home, when he was 16 years old, playing AAA midget, as it was known back then, with the Blazers in Saskatoon, and he was called up to play a game shortly before the trade deadline and stuck in the goal to play the Calgary Hitmen, who were a pretty good team that time, and he put on a show. He made 43 saves. He didn't win, but he made 40-plus saves, and the Blades held in pretty well against the Hitman and finally lost 4-3. But Holpe announced his arrival, basically said, okay, I'm going to be a guy that you're going to see for a few years after this season is done. And 
And sure enough, he played three years and played spectacularly for a team that for two of those three years wasn't a very good team. But in the third year, he finally had the opportunity to get to the playoffs and it was great. On defense, uh, two guys, one for ability, Stefan Elliott. Unfortunately for him, he's never made it to the National Hockey League on a full-time basis. But as good a skater and as good an offensive defenseman as I've seen, Another one who's just maybe the finest young man I've, I've come across as a defenseman in my time with the team would be Nelson Noje. I received a beautiful note from Nelson, whose father, Pat, is a Saskatoon policeman, and whose father, Pat, was also on the bus, unfortunately, that was in the crash of the Swift Current Broncos that lost the four teammates. You know that Pat Noje is a pretty upstanding human being, and his son Nelson is followed right in line with him. So those would be the two defensemen. Up front, um, pure ability, Frank Bannum scored 83 goals one year in 1995-96. So he is a guy that comes to mind right away. All fans in Saskatoon, and we don't see much of these types of guys anymore because of the way the rules are and the way things are going in hockey these days. But I'll also throw Darcy Hordachuk in there. Because he, for two seasons, was just a battering ram and a guy that would, had, had defensemen peering over their shoulders any time they went into a corner back after a puck that was then dumped in. He had the speed to be able to go in there and make contact and then back it up with his dukes. And then another fellow that uh, comes to mind as being just a tremendous young man that was a very good player uh, for the Saskatoon Blades, I, I, I pick on Josh Nichols, who played five seasons and uh, had a tremendous uh, amount of uh, time. He was, he was in the playoffs all five years, and there aren't a lot of Blade players in my time that can say they played five seasons and were in the playoffs every year. So uh, those, those, would be, those would be six guys that would come to mind right away. That is a terrific answer, and to do so off the cuff the way you did is impressive, <laughs> my friend. Um, okay, so uh, I want to just do one Vancouver Giants-specific question for you, Les. I mean, you've seen this Vancouver Giants team from their infancy all the way to today. Um, of course, there's sort of the Wacy Rabbit trade between Saskatoon mm-hmm. and Vancouver back in the mid-2000s, but... Um, is there a certain memory with the Vancouver Giants that comes to mind? Maybe a player, maybe uh, a season or a game. Something, anything to do with the Vancouver Giants that immediately pops to mind when you reflect on your career? I just love going to the buildings where we've gone to and talk with the various people. I mean, I enjoy seeing you, Dan. I really enjoy visiting with Bill Wilms. I miss Bill. I haven't seen him in a long time mostly because he's my age or maybe even a little older than i am but i can actually say i'm a younger guy but bill is tremendous his storytelling is is unparalleled and i can only hope to be able to tell stories like bill can uh the fun okay this is fun and i'm gonna i'm gonna embarrass brooke ward a little bit oh yes please Uh, do (laughs) but 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 the blades became known as a franchise that have quite the team when it comes to names and pronunciation of names. And you know that, Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 seeing the Blades come to town was kind of like, a, oh, my goodness, i got to put up with this group of names. Yes, you did. And I think the last time we were in Langley at the Langley Events Center, 
I'm sitting there getting ready for a game in my little wee cubicle there that we have for the visiting radio broadcaster. And all of a sudden, the door opens up, and it's Brooke. (laughs) He looks at me, and he says, right off, bleep right off. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going, what? What's wrong? And he then holds up the piece of paper with the lineup sheet on it and, you know, the two teams side by side, and he's got the scratches and all the players, and he needs pronunciations of the Blades players. But he's not happy because he's seen this list, and he's going off on me. Like, I don't have anything to do with this, but I'll sit down and help you out with them because they're really not that hard. But he was so upset, and I just laughed like heck. That was about as funny as it's been uh, involving the Vancouver Giants with just how Brooke Ward was on that particular evening. Oh, goodness. And, and you know what? Uh, and he'll listen and he'll remember. And, and that is, uh, I can picture that entire conversation in my mind <laughs> and, and how that interaction would go. Uh, story time with Les Lazarek, who, uh, of course, just recently celebrated his 2000th WHL broadcast, my guest here on Sportsnet 650 and White Spot Giants this week. Um, so you think about your career and some of those Saskatoon Blades teams, you know, uh, especially in the, that later portion of the 2000s, the early portion of like the 2010s with Stephen Elliott, with, you know, th- that group, the Braden Shin trade, all of those things that sort of come to mind less. Was there one group, one team, one year that sort of comes to mind for you when you think back and and you're just like what could have been heck what should have been as far as maybe that march to a whl championship well what should have been should have been the 2010-11 season and you brought up the braden shen trade braden shen acquired from brandon shortly after the world junior hockey championships in which he was arguably the best 19 year old player in the world in that tournament in buffalo and gets acquired or comes home to Saskatoon. He's a Saskatoon kid. And he finally gets the chance to put on the Blades jersey and maybe help to lead what was already a first-place team, not just in the East Division, not just in the Eastern Conference, but in the entire Western Hockey League, and would go on to win the Scotty Monroe Memorial Trophy for the overall league champions in the regular season. But it just didn't materialize in the playoffs, especially in the second round, but even in the first round. I mean, they played back then with the kind of uh, format we have now. They played the eighth place Prince Albert Raiders, the arch rivals. And you know that the Raiders don't want anything more than to be able to burst the Blades bubble. And sure enough, after Saskatoon wins the first two games fairly handily at home, you go to PA and you lose twice there. And it's like, oh, oh, you know. This isn't going all that well. This is supposed to be. This series is supposed to be over. It's supposed to be going on to the next round. You win Game Five handily again. You go there and again. The Raiders are giving you troubles, and you win a game in overtime in Game Six with um, Matthew Stramski scoring in overtime. Uh, so you, you move on to the next round, and you come up against the Kootenai Ice, and the Kootenai Ice. Uh, ended up with a tremendous series led by Cody Eakin. And uh, they, uh, Braden McNabb was also on that team. They did a tremendous job of collaring the Blades and just 
leaving them, you know, <laughs> uh, st- st- you know, stuck offensively. It was so it was such a dominant performance by the Ice, and they won in four straight games. So the Scotty Monroe Memorial Champion Blades, who won fifty some odd games that year, uh, one hundred and twenty one points, franchise records in both instances, can't get past the second round because they just can't get their offense going against a determined Kootenai Ice team. And that was the that was the one team that really stands out as being the one that, geez, if you just could have found a way to get going, you might have gone all the way and, and won the uh, first championship for the franchise. They're still looking for that, and it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, I hope that I get a chance to see that happen one day. Maybe it'll be this year. I don't know. I mean, this is a good team this year. But, uh, you know, there was a good team a few years back. Unfortunately, they were in the same division as the Prince Albert Raiders, who ended up winning the WHL title back in 2019. Oh, did so, they? Oh, 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 darn. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's been, it's been a while. They're the last team to actually win uh, properly the WHL title, and hopefully we'll get to that point again coming up this spring uh, once we finally get there in June. But, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to that, and uh, I'm hoping that the Blades will find a way to win that WHL title at some point in time while I'm still able to do this. Uh, a couple more here for you, Les. I'll try not to mm. keep you too, too much longer, but there's just so many different ways we can go and so much fun oh, yeah. to, to sort of be had here. Um, before we go to break, um, Connor Bedard. You've seen mm. a lot in 28 seasons. You've never seen an exceptional status player. None of us have. And yet you... Being in the division, you've had a front row seat for a lot of Connor Bedard over the past, uh, you know, season plus. Um, I mean, there really is no comparison, but is there? Tell me, tell me what it's sort of been like in Saskatchewan, being a part of sort of, you know, being being a small part of Connor Bedard's uh, introduction to junior hockey. Well, he has been able to get that franchise in Regina. And, I mean, they're not all that terribly far removed from having a very good team that lost in the league final to the Seattle Thunderbirds and then hosted uh, the Memorial Cup the next year in 2018. They lost the 2017 final to Seattle and, and then went all the way to the Memorial Cup final as the, as the tournament hosts in 2018. Uh, so they had some really good players. I mean, they've had guys like Adam Brooks and, you know, fellas like that. Jordan Everly, not all that terribly long ago either. Uh, but Bedard surpasses all of them, in my mind, just because of what he is able to do. The kid is incredible at shooting the puck. He has eyes in the back of his head. He makes passes that nobody has any business attempting to try, and yet he tempts it, and he's finding a way to make them happen. Uh, if he had a better supporting cast, and I don't want to be totally downing, uh, down on the, on the Regina patch, but they just don't have the group that they had you know, three seasons, four seasons ago to go along with him. Because if, if he had that, my goodness, they might be the team to beat in the Western Hockey League. But instead, he's the star. He's the, he's the shining light on a team that, that needs that shining light to help them be competitive and he doesn't disappoint on any night. He is there and puts out you know, the, the maximum effort on a nightly basis, and he's a treat to watch. 
Les, if you're okay with it, I'm going to take a quick commercial break. I want to yep. come back and I want to do uh, maybe five, ten more minutes with you, and I want to do some rapid fire with you. We're going to learn a little more about the the real day to day fun stuff of the WHL. Uh, we'll be right back with Les Lazaruk, voice of the Saskatoon Blades, fresh off his two thousandth Western Hockey League broadcast when White Spot Giants This Week continues on Sportsnet 650. Time now for White Spot Giants This Week. Here's your host, Dan O'Connor. Welcome back to the show and a few more minutes of precious time with Les Lazaruk, the longtime voice of the Saskatoon Blades, to kick off segment number two of this show. We're going to hear from Zach Ostopchuk. We're going to hear from Jesper Weichmann a little later on. Um, but before we let you go, Les, I, I think we would all have a little bit of fun um, just putting you through a little bit of a rapid-fire game. I'm going to ask a question and I, I just, you know, try not to overthink it. Give me sort of an immediate answer that comes to mind. And if there's a story that we want to follow up with that, we can go there. Um, question, question number one. Favorite WHL hotel? Ooh. Oh, wow. Uh, favorite WHL hotel? You know, I, I really like the Delta Bow Valley in Calgary. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's it, it's well positioned. I like any hotel that's close enough that I can walk to the rink. Let's put it that way. I mean, I'm not a workout person, so those fitness rooms and all the in all the in all the hotels, yeah, I don't go inside those. So a place where I can walk to and from—that's how I get my exercise. That's my workout, carrying all my gear. That's 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 my deal. Um, but the Delta Bow Valley is is a wonderful hotel in in downtown Calgary, and you can get to a lot of things quickly by foot. So I, that one would be my favorite. Okay, best post game meal on the WHL circuit. What city or what rink or what restaurant? Okay, they're close. They'd have to be one A and one B. Uh, the Mad Greek and Moose Jaw, one A. One B would be Luigi's in Regina. Mad Greek, you get riblets with sauce. It's not a tzatziki sauce. It's a it's a it's a like a dill type sauce. It's phenomenal. They pour that over that stuff, and it's outstanding. Um, with Greek salad and and rice, they serve it. That's the best. That's the best post game meal I have in the league right now. One um, B is Luigi's and the chicken parmesan that they serve, which is phenomenal. Uh, another an honorable mention. It's made in the rink at Prince Albert at the Art Hauser Center. They put together a roast beef and pierogies, and I mean, Ukrainian like myself, we <laughs> start throwing pierogies and cabbage rolls, holopchi in front of me. Yes, I'm there every day. No, no two ways about that. So th- those are the three, I guess, that I would come up with. Uh, and they're all within the East Division, which is nice. So I get to use it a lot. How convenient is that? And and I can vouch, Very. you know what, and, and this may shock you, but in 15 years now in the WHL, I have never had, or sorry, in 11 years, sorry, in the WHL, I've never had the Mad Greek, 
and I don't think oh. I've, and I don't think I've had Luigi's, but I have been uh, a veteran of the Granny Browns catering in Prince Albert, um, and and yep. the, the league final we did very well, or they did very well off us, and we did very well off them. Um, yep. Over the years, less the coach, the opposing coach that you were really excited to interview maybe it was just um the the off mic conversation or even the on mic conversation but just the coach the opposing coach that you always looked forward to talking to telly mccrimmon uh i I've, i've got along famously with kelly and i think it helped that his late brother the great brad mccrimmon uh was was a head coach of the saskatoon blades for two seasons from 1998 through 2000. Uh, but it gave me kind of an in with Kelly that a lot of other broadcasters who were intimidated by him, quite frankly. I mean, Kelly was an intimidating and imposing type of personality. He would snap at you, and, you know, if, you didn't, if he didn't like the question, he'd tell you, your question's dumb. Why are you, t- why are you asking me that for? I, you know, he would be that way, not necessarily on mic, but off mic. And it would... It would upset guys it would it would do it would scare it would scare some of the guys for me he was tremendous i looked forward to talking to kelly mccrimmon on a regular basis another one uh and it's not a coach but i miss having brent parker in the league because the regina pats gm back in the day was always doing something different trying to get an edge and he was always willing to tell you what that edge was and what he was hoping to be able to do even though you were the opposition and could relay the message to them I never did because I thought it was always a lot of fun as to what he was trying to do. But Brent Parker was, was just a great character for me to be able to talk to as well as Kelly McCrimmon. I will tell you my quick Kelly McCrimmon story because I, in, in probably the four or five times that I've interviewed Kelly McCrimmon in my life, I, like you, Les, I found him to be wonderfully accommodating. Yep. In fact, my first ever trip to Brandon, he came up to the booth and introduced himself to me, which was great. Um, And then back in 2016, we were in Brandon. It was the tail end of the road trip. The Wheat Kings were going well. And I don't know why or how. I I have no real excuse. But I, I said to him in our interview, you know, Jesse Gabriel, you're certainly familiar with him. Um you, you had him at 16, and now here at 19, he's drafted. He's doing well for the Prince George Cougars. Is any part of you sort of happy to see that? And he just sort of gave me this weird look, and I knew right <laughs> then and there. And I'm like, Dan, you idiot. Why would you ask Kelly McCrimmon about Jesse Gabriel? And needless to say, I that is the only time I and I, I would love to speak to him, you know, now and and maybe have a a, a beer and laugh about it. But um, yeah, that was the day that I think Kelly McCrimmon raised his eyebrow at me and thought, "Really, Dan? That's that's where you're gonna go with this?" Um, so so maybe tiptoeing off of that. Les, was was there a coach or a GM or somebody that you encountered regularly that, um, you, you know, and, and I'm not even asking this to throw any shade, but was there a coach or someone that were just like, try as you would and try as I know you can, I just could never get anything remotely usable from that coach? Corey Clouston. Uh, <laughs> Corey uh, is a very intense 
coach. I mean, nice guy away from the rink, away from a game day. Game day, I mean, it was difficult. It, it, it was it was pulling the teeth type of a, a, a situation, trying to get long, good answers out of Corey Clouston. He was very guarded and didn't like to open up at all about his team or about what they were doing. I mean, for years, we've been doing the pregame show and we've talked to the opposition coach, and it's a three-minute segment, the other side, we call it. If I even got to two minutes with Corey, I was considering it a victory. So uh, he was he was difficult to, to deal with, and yet I found him to be very nice. And then you look at the other hand, and his his brother, who was the GM and head coach of the Kamloops Blazers, um, Sean, I mean, I, sometimes there have been times where I've asked two questions and filled up three minutes plus. So it's 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 weird how that's worked out, but uh, uh, I, I enjoy I enjoy both the Clusons. Sean, I haven't seen in a while, obviously, because we're not in the same conference. And Corey, uh, well, I haven't seen him in a while, but uh, I would I would you know like look forward to talking to him and, and meeting up with him again at some point in time. I've interviewed Corey Clouston twice in my life, Les. The very first time, yep. one minute and nine seconds. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. Then, I can believe it. Then, then the second time, I made it my personal mission in life. I don't care if I had to ask him 13 questions, I was getting beyond two minutes. And what, what I did is we were on the bus from Saskatoon to Prince Albert. I texted him, I emailed him on my BlackBerry at the time, I emailed him the questions that I would be asking him. And sure enough, he was like, yep, I'll see you at... 438 mm-hmm. outside my office or whatever time he gave me and you know what I, I stuck to the script did the interview pretty much as scheduled and and Corey was 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 longer this time around um Les I'll leave you with this and and that just sort of has to do with this season and I know we touched on a little earlier in the conversation about how you know the Saskatoon Blades um, are are right there in the thick of things as far as the Eastern Conference but as far as the Blades this season go as far as Les Lazaric goes this season and beyond um, I'm sort of getting the sense from talking to you that um, you know heck What's wrong with three thousand? What's wrong with twenty five hundred? I don't get any sense from you that you're ready to 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 do something new or something different with your life. But as much as you're comfortable sharing, what what is sort of the uh, the short term and the long term plan for yourself? If you're if you're comfortable sharing, I'm comfortable. I'm, I'm I still have a mortgage. I still have car payments, like a lot of people. So even though I'm sixty three, uh, I I'm I, I'm fortunate. Dan, to have reasonably good health. I try to look after myself. Some days I don't, and that's my own problem, uh, because I have a weakness for uh, really good food and, 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 and sugary food that I shouldn't do because I'm type 2 diabetic. But as long as our doctor, Cyprian and Wani, can keep me upright, as long as I, my voice holds out, as long as my eyes are good, as long as the teams, the blades will have me, and as much and as and as long as the radio company will have me, I am prepared to do this for as long as I can take it. Uh, if I happen to keel over and you know fall to my death in a in, out of a booth somewhere along the line, that would be about perfect as far as I'm concerned. I'm not looking to do that anytime soon or at all, quite frankly. But I'm I'm hopeful that I can do this until such time as somebody says, "Okay, that's enough." get the heck out of here, and that'll be that. Uh, but until that time, I have no real 
plans to retire from the broadcast booth. Maybe one day I'll retire from everyday radio work that I've been doing for 42 years now, but I'm not looking forward to retiring from doing hockey play-by-play until such time as somebody says that's enough. Les, you are an absolute treasure, and I appreciate the time so much. Uh, really, you know, a highlight of my day has been having this conversation with you and just taking a trip down your career and, and memory lane and just hearing some of your stories. And um, you know what? I, I look forward very much to our next face-to-face, and I'm excited about that being next season to you to yes. your family, to the Saskatoon Blades, and to everyone that you are close with. Just wishing you the very best in health, in safety, in good vibes, and positivity. Let's have another conversation soon, my friend. And congratulations yes. for a final time on the great milestone and a wonderful career in which you have helped shape and mold so many. The pleasure has been all mine. Thank you. Dan, thank you so much for the time. I just want to say, you know, look forward to seeing you and Billy Wilms and Brooke Ward and Michael Dick and all the folks out in the BC division when we travel through there next year. I understand that we're going to be traveling to BC and the U.S. teams will come to us next season is kind of what I've heard. So uh, I'm hoping that's the case and I look forward to that. And, and thank you for the time. It's, it's, it's nice to have the opportunity to chat and, and wax poetic at times about this wonderful game and this wonderful job that we get a chance to do and, uh, Thanks again, Dan. Appreciate it so much. Les Lazarek, voice of the Saskatoon Blades, here on White Spot Giants this week. Oh, man, did I enjoy that conversation. Some great stuff there from Les Lazarek, the voice of the Saskatoon Blades. 2,000-plus WHL broadcasts, and he has just been a soldier throughout all of those. A wonderful way to kick off the show. Earlier today at the arena in Ladner, the practice facility of the Vancouver Giants, Zach Ostopchuk shared some of his thoughts on the season, the weekend, the weekend that was, the weekend that will be against the Victoria Royals. Steve Ewan and I tag-teaming an interview with Zach Ostopchuk from earlier today. Two more with Victoria Royals, Zach, uh, coming up this week. Can you just speak to sort of the, um, I guess, the thought process at this point of the week, knowing that now you've, you've got the, the, the two hard practices to, to sort of get ready for another couple cracks at these guys? I mean, these are going to be four huge points, especially with these guys. I mean, uh, they're not too far not too far off of us, and I think these, this is our last two times playing them. So, I mean, these are going to be four huge points, and, yeah, we need another shot at them. I mean, even since Sunday, uh, just some of the takeaways, some of the, you know, what, what are you sort of left with sort of after Monday, I should say, when you sort of think about the, the highs of the high when you go to Kamloops and win and then even just the, the aftershock of Monday and, and the response? Well, I mean, I think we, we keep putting ourselves in a hole and I think on, on Monday we were, we were able to call out of that and that was really good for our group and that was, that was definitely a confidence builder, but then... We play Vic again, and we and we lose to them. I mean, that's kind of eye-opening. I mean, you beat the best team in the conference, and then and we lose another game to Vic. It's 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 tough, but I think we'll we'll get them. Stats are never sort of the full encompassing part of your game, Zach, but but they've been pretty darn decent lately. Um, can you just talk a little bit about um, some of the the offensive confidence that's maybe that you're playing with right now? Yeah, I definitely. I mean, it's it's been nice to see the puck going in the net and uh, and get a help help with the offense a little bit. But I think uh, I do have more to give 
in that department. And I think, uh, yeah, I think our team will start to score more. Feels like you've taken even more leadership of the group. I mean, you've always played like a leader, but you know, with you know, with Justin gone, it feels like you've even tried to step that up. Is, is that fair? I mean, yeah, I, I do think that. I do think that we have a lot of guys that have stepped up since since Justin and, and Tanner left. So I think, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I try to be. I try to be a leader for our guys, but I definitely have a lot of help. What do you think the key is down the stretch then as a group? I think at the end of the day, we're just going to have to play desperate, play with play with a lot of compete at all times, play a full 60 minutes. I think that's kind of what we've had trouble with. And I think if we can correct that, then we'll be just fine. What is what is Ottawa telling you? Uh, honestly, I haven't really. They they touch base once in a while. I think I think they're happy with me, and uh, yeah, they give me pointers here and there, and they'll send me clips and stuff like that. So, yeah, they they've been a huge help to me. Did you feel pressure coming in this year after the draft? Uh, not really, honestly. I think uh, especially we had get, we had other guys go through the same thing as me, so I was able to talk to them and stuff. So that helped a lot. So no, I don't think I felt too much pressure. But, but has it changed having that second round draft pick attached to your name? Does that change the way people look at you? Do you think or? Uh, I mean, I don't think so. Does it matter? No, not to, to me. It doesn't. But I think uh, obviously there is obviously there's a little added pressure. I mean, with with teammates and all that. But I mean, I think nothing's really changed too dramatically. So. It's been sort of a funny season for you, Zach, when you think about just sort of the, the call them unfortunate occurrences, you know, a puck up high, a puck down low. Um, you know, it's been anything but easy, at least from, from where I sit for you. But and yet what I think has impressed me so much is, is sort of the resiliency you've shown and that um, it sort of doesn't matter what happens to you this season, back you come and back you come with even more fire. Um, do you have any sort of comment on on the highs and lows and sort of those types of things and maybe just sort of what you've learned about yourself through throughout some of those things this year uh, like you said like yeah, i just got to be resilient i mean i've had like you said a couple unfortunate bounces this year that have taken me out of games and stuff like that but i mean if i'm healthy i come back and play and uh I just give it all out there i guess and i i have seen you limp in here and look like you're sore <laughs> how sore have you been like how how many games you've been healthy for? I mean, some games are, are better than others. Uh, you got to battle some stuff. But, I mean, uh, I'd say for the most part when I am playing, uh, yeah, I have been healthy. So stats, like, have never really been a huge part of my game. Obviously, they're nice, and I would like to put up numbers. But uh, it's never been something that has worried me too much. Even after the draft when people were? Yeah, I mean, after the draft, like, Ottawa basically told me. They just said, don't, don't change you like we like you. So, I mean, that's it's my game. Zach Ostopchuk and the Vancouver Giants returning to action at home Friday night against the Victoria Royals. The start of a home-and-home home weekend for the Giants where they will also travel to Victoria on Saturday for a rematch with the Royals at 7.05 that night. To end the show, I take you to another conversation that I had earlier today with the Starting goaltender of the Vancouver Giants, a prospect of the Vegas Golden Knights, he of 15 straight starts in the Vancouver Giants net, the goaltender of the week last week in the WHL. Here is Jesper Weichmann and the Vancouver Giants um, relying on him in a big way 
Let's hear from the Swede. Let's hear from Jesper Weichmann to wrap up White Spot Giants this week. Well, Jesper, as we're having this conversation, you have started 15 straight games for the Vancouver Giants going back to January the 2nd to start the year. Um, I know the whole thought process coming to the Giants, coming to the CHL, I think we knew you were going to play a lot. Have you ever played this much hockey in a row in, in recent memory? Uh, no, I think I've never played anything close to this, actually. Um, I think uh, the maximum games I've played uh, in a season before is probably around 30. So, yeah, this, uh, it's a new experience, but it's also why I'm here. Can you just speak a little bit to, um, I guess, the excitement, the challenge, and, and sort of the everything that sort of goes into a streak like this, knowing that, you know, if you can go, you're going to get that tap on the back to do just that? Uh, well, obviously, that's, as a goalie, that's what you want. Uh, you want to have that trust from, from the coaching staff that uh, you're the guy who's, who's going to play the majority of the, of the games and... Uh, uh, yes, I said it's it's good to have the trust from the management that uh, they believe in you and uh, that you can give the team a chance to win every night. Saturday night in Kamloops, forty nine saves, a season high, a four three come from behind win in the third period for the Vancouver Giants. Uh, where does that game stack out to you as far as memorable games for the season so far? Uh, I would say it's pretty high up there, uh, definitely. Uh, Playing against Kamloops is always hard, and I feel like we've been struggling a lot uh, away, especially against Kamloops. So yeah, it was it was a step in the right direction for our team to to know how to get a win in that building. Uh, it definitely gives us some confidence for the upcoming games here. So the first time you and I have had a chance to chat since the weekly honor of, of last week, WHL Goaltender of the Week after the two wins in Prince George. Um, I know you're not going to be huge on individual accolades, but sort of a nice feather in the cap, I suppose, to sort of have the team's success rewarded with an individual honor like that? Uh, yeah, well, of course it's fun when you, when you get honors like that, but... Uh, I also think we, we played a bit better up in PG there. Uh, had two really good road games, and I think the guys in front of me uh, kept it easy for me. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, I would say. It wasn't, wasn't more than that, just two normal games, and it went well. Do you like, I mean, I mean of course, everyone likes playing at home, um, but, but three straight wins now for you on the road. Can you just speak to the, the confidence and sort of the approach to, to road games? It seems to be going really well for you. Uh, it's, it's no different than playing at home, to be honest. Uh, I enjoy playing at the LEC a lot. And, but it's also fun to, to sh- have, an, have a challenge and play away at because uh, it's always uh, a bit different, of course. It feels like the other team is coming coming harder against you. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I've been lucky enough to have a, have a good team in front of me here on the last three, three-year-old games, so I hope we can make the same thing happen at the LEC soon. Well, you get a chance on Friday against the same Victoria Royals team. Two more cracks against these guys, Jesper, in the regular season. Just talk a little bit about um, the challenge that lies ahead this weekend and just sort of what the, the, the belief and just sort of the process is going to be for the team this week to get ready for it. Well, we've, we've had some tough times against Victoria for sure, but 
I think we have also had some bad luck. Uh, I think we had four posts last game and uh, missed a couple of good scoring opportunities. So I think it's just a, it's a matter of a bit of luck here and and also uh, having all the guys coming coming to the game with a mindset that we we actually can uh, can turn this around. Uh, and I think we'll we'll get to our souls after that. That'll do it for this week's show. Stick around and join us for two games this weekend for the Vancouver Giants, a home-and-home with the Victoria Royals. My name is Dan O'Connor, and this has been a presentation of White Spot, Giants This Week on Sportsnet 650.